Welcome to As Luck Would Have It. My name is Abby and I'm the admin and comms worker here at Leichhardt Uniting. We are a church based on Gadigal and Wongal land in Sydney, Australia. You'll find us at Leichhardt Uniting Church LUC on Facebook. Sermons are on YouTube under the same name and you can find more information about our church and our team at leichhardtuniting.org.au. In this episode of As Luck Would Have It, Makali Agonostas is preaching a sermon about our relationship with ecosystems from 1 Corinthians 11, 23-26, originally from the season of creation, 2021. Makali is a talented writer and musician who is a member of the worship music collective Marion Street, along with other members of our congregation. Their first EP, Whole was released earlier this year. We will provide a link to listen to the album and engage further with the work of Marion Street in the show notes. I will be providing the reading ahead of Macaulay's sermon. This is the first epistle to the Corinthians, chapter 11, verses 23 to 26, from the New Revised Standard Version. For I received from the Lord what I also handed on to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed, took a loaf of bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, You proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Thus ends the reading. Please enjoy the following sermon. Good morning, everyone. Will you pray with me? God of love, thank you for your breath of life that sustains and connects us. I pray that you would make something out of these reflections that I'm going to share and that through them your voice might speak. I thank you that wherever we are, we are woven into an ecosystem and that we are more deeply connected to the earth, to each other and to you than we could ever know. Amen. I have found this month of church to be such a grounding and nourishing time. I feel so grateful to be part of a community who has made space for Season of Creation. We've been exploring our theme, Humanity in the Web of Creation. Three weeks ago, Emma preached on meeting God in the world around us. Radhika then preached about deconstructing our racial ideas of privilege and power so that we can see everyone's humanity. Shane preached about our kinship with non-human animals and our responsibility to care for them. And now, our theme for the final week is our relationship to ecosystems. I wanted to explore in particular our relationship with the ecosystems that produce our food. I'm an agriculture major, but aside from my personal interest in these ecosystems, I think our relationship to them can have a special role in grounding us at a time like this. As I was looking for a passage to preach from, there were many contenders that featured lovely stories of Jesus and his mates out on a big old holy road trip picking grains of wheat on the Sabbath or rejuvenating on the Mount of Olives. And while envy is not usually an emotion that the Bible inspires for me, a host of other 
unsavory emotions sometimes, but not usually envy, these um, stories did sound particularly idyllic. Those landscapes feel very far away right now. And yet, in the food we eat, they're part of our very bodies. Corinthians 11, the passage that Ellie read for us, does not feature any holidays in the countryside. But what we do see is a family dinner in the early church, and not a very happy one. Word has reached Paul's ears that when these churches gather in each other's houses to eat, some will whip out their dinner and duck in, tuck in, (laughs) without even considering whether or not everyone has had enough to eat. Paul is outraged by the way the poor in these communities, who can't resource meals on their own, are humiliated at these group gatherings. In response, Paul reminds the church of the power of sharing a meal. He then gives us the first written account of the Last Supper and of those immortal words, this is my body. He reminds them that when they eat, they're doing so as part of a larger body. Every individual is there as part of the body of those who are gathered in that room, and even as part of the larger body of the church who handed this tradition down to them. Really, eating a shared meal simply reveals a connectedness that has always existed. Our bodies are made of the same stuff, the same food. That's always a profound experience for me when we eat supper together after church, and I'm sure many of you will have experienced this as well, that as we sit around those trestle tables with our soup bowls, there's a palpable feeling of us being drawn together into one family. So it's amazing to me that this church in Corinth can have such a profound reminder of their connectedness to each other right in front of them and still forget. It seems that a tendency to forget our connectedness is not something new. As I've learnt more about agriculture in Australia, I've become aware that we settlers have inherited a tradition of forgetting our connectedness to the land, or maybe of intentionally ignoring it. When colonisers began to grow European food here, they persistently imagined that this country was like the European landscape with its deep soil and reliable rainfall. Ecosystems that for tens of thousands of years had been listened to and cared for in relationship were now being treated simply as attractive land to be managed for production. What resulted was rapid ecological collapse. Let me share a story that seems to capture well this tradition of forgetting. In 1840, John G. Robertson, a Scottish farmer who was an excellent land manager, according to himself, claimed ownership of an area of land on Jadwajali country in southwest Victoria. The early colonizers remarked on the area's soft soil and flowery hills. It would be perfect to use for agriculture, they thought. In the interest of truth-telling, Robertson was able to take possession of this area of land because 51 people had been massacred on the side of his farm three days before he claimed it. Robertson began farming sheep and cattle on well-watered land with a beautiful diversity of grasses. 
But after only three or four years, things started to change. The ground cover changed from herbaceous perennial grasses to short-lived annuals, and then in large areas disappeared altogether, exposing the soil to the wind and the rain. The rich clay soil began to wash away, and salt water began bursting from the low-lying areas of the land. Robertson remarked, the day the soil is turned up, that day the pasture is gone forever. This way of managing ecosystems, while forgetting that we're part of them, has in many ways just been passed on. And so all of the issues described on Robertson's farm, land degradation, erosion, salinity, they're issues that continue to affect Australian agriculture, despite the commitment of many farmers to becoming more sustainable. Charles Massey, an Australian farmer and writer, says that unsustainable land management practices are just the surface of the problem. The root of it is this way of seeing the landscape as a machine we can operate, rather than a beautiful, complex system that we're a part of. The ecosystems in which we grow our food are a profound reminder that we are part of something bigger than ourselves. And yet, according to Massey, many farmers have forgotten what is right under their nose, much like that church in Corinth. For a long time, Aboriginal farmers have practiced a different way of farming. Many of you will have read Bruce Pascoe's Dark Emu. And now, many non-Aboriginal farmers are joining them in calling for a change in perspective. They are part of a quiet revolution in farming, developing new ways to grow food as part of a healthy ecosystem, or repopularizing old ways in the case of Aboriginal farmers. This is often called regenerative agriculture, because this way of farming regenerates soil carbon and landscape function. It's a completely different way of farming to John G. Robertson and the legacy that his ilk left in Australia. Instead of overlaying an image of Europe onto Australia, this way of farming is about learning to read the landscape and see our place in it. I'll admit I'm only beginning to learn about regenerative agriculture and my only knowledge of it comes from books and hearing people speak, not from any first-hand experience. But in the story of these farmers, I've heard a call for all people who live on this land to remember that we are part of it. There are two things in these farmers' stories that to me feel remarkably similar to Paul's words. Firstly, that you are part of a body that is bigger than just you, or even that your body is bigger than just you. Secondly, that growing and eating food reminds us of that bigger body. As we contemplate the message from those farmers, I wonder if we might see something different in the tradition of the Lord's Supper, something that we didn't see before. After all, Jesus lived in an agrarian society. The everyday realities of a life dependent on the land were never far from his mind, as we see in the common agricultural themes in his parables. At that last Passover meal, when Jesus took that loaf of bread and said, this is my body, he wasn't talking about a product he'd picked out of the bread aisle at Coles. 
It's quite likely he knew the land where this loaf of grain was grown, and he knew the people who had baked it. In this humble loaf of bread, there is part of a particular place, and the story of a particular people, and an image of how deeply connected they are to each other. Jesus picks up that loaf of bread and says, this is my body. As we eat and remember that we are part of the body of Christ, is there not also an invitation to remember that we are part of the body of the earth? The great farmer and writer Wendell Berry, who was quoted in the first week of this season of creation, says that our own wholeness is achieved only when we recall our membership within the wholeness of all of creation. It is through remembering, becoming a member again of the great web of life that we discover who we really are. We discover how connected we are. We discover that even when we're trapped in the city, we are never disconnected from the earth because our bodies are part of the earth. Every time we eat and drink, a part of those ecosystems becomes a part of our bodies. Every meal is a profound reminder of our connectedness. Every meal is a chance to remember. As we start to remember those ecosystems, I think we do naturally become more curious about which ecosystems our food actually did come from. Are those ecosystems filled with healthy relationships? Are they maybe filled with cruelty and disregard for the non-human parts of them? As we become aware of where our food is coming from, we might choose to be a member of different ecosystems. That is, we might choose to eat different food. After all, this revolution in agriculture can only happen if people in the city choose to eat the food grown by those revolutionary farmers. Whether or not you know specifically where and how your food is grown, I know it's something that I'm still learning, I hope that simply eating food can be a chance to come home to the earth. I pray that in this time of disconnection, every meal would be a chance to reground, a chance to remember that we are part of the earth, our bodies are continually remade out of it, and we are never alone within it. I pray that we can look at our food, at the landscapes where it came from, at the entire earth, and say, this is my body. Thanks for joining us for this episode of As Luck Would Have It proudly presented by Leichhardt Uniting Church. If you have not yet done so, please subscribe and feel free to leave a rating or review. And you can also visit our website and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and YouTube. Have a great day.